0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Today, we have Lindsay Wilson with us, who is the founder of Al Venice. Al Venice is a wellness company based out of Venice, California, that specializes in creating incredible bone broths and milkshakes to really reset the body holistically and get you focused, kind of mind, body, and spirit, so you can truly have the life that you want have the productivity that you want each and every day. What I love about Lindsay is her story of literally starting in her kitchen with no help, no idea how to start a business, no idea how to run a business, no idea how to do any of that stuff. But she had a passion for really helping people heal from the inside out. And from that, a health and wellness company started It thrived, it grew, people started loving the products that she was making, and it turned into the incredible company that she continues to grow today. I think that this is a great episode for anyone who needs to feel a little bit inspired and maybe to be reminded that you're not alone. If that is the season that you're in, if you're in the season of having this really good idea, but you actually don't know how to cultivate it into something outside of the idea, this story that Lindsay shares will be a great one for you. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to have you on today and to chat about your incredible business and company and how all of that came about. Um, could you first start off by sharing with us, um, a little bit more about, um, OWL and how it kind of cultivated into what it is today?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Owl for me started back in 2015. I was having a lot of on, adult-onset acne, um, and I created a line of oil uh, cleansing skin hair products to help treat my skin. It was the only thing that worked for me. Um, and then in 2016, I was going through a lot of digestive issues um, and radically changed my diet, started incorporating bone broth. Um, and at that point kind of switched over owl, and, um, started, uh, showcasing the broth on the website. And then just this year brought the skincare back. Um, my grandmother collected owls. So owls were always really special to me. Um, and that's, that's how I came up with the name. I wanted to use owl somehow, but, um, I use the acronym one whole life to me. It's really about, the lifestyle brand, healing yourself from the inside out, um, going back to tradition and the way grandmother used to do things.
0: And what kind of brought on the idea to, to try bone broth or even vegan broth as a way to help your skin and just to help your over your overall health and wellness?
1: Um, I was obsessed with reading health blogs and recipes, and it was just something I started seeing, um, on the internet. I was doing a lot of research on Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and treating yourself holistically with herbs and food as medicine and bone broth was just something that kept popping up. I kept seeing it, um, and I wanted to try it, but I hated the taste of it, which is why I created, um. The recipe that everyone knows us for—that's um, infused with medicinal herbs—and it's a bit lighter. It tastes more like a tea, and there's no garlic or onions in the broth. Um, instead, we use ginger
0: and turmeric, and it's—it's it's so good. Um, <laughs> so, you. yeah. So, not only were you able to, you know, this really kind of started from just your own journey of needing to find something to make you feel better day in and day out, and then from this idea came the product. What was your first product? Was it the broths?
1: My first product was actually the skincare. Um, and and then it was the broths. I was originally doing a a chicken broth.
0: And then from there, how did, what was that kind of middle road of you creating broths basically what out of your kitchen to you having a, you know, just company and brand and mission that really kind of exploded in the wellness space pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, it's been really cool. Um, Honestly, initially I was drinking the bone bath really consistently for about two months and I lost 20 pounds. Um, In that time, my skin cleared up. uh, So my friend's took notice of the physical changes in my body and they were very curious about what I was doing. So I started making it for my friends and I had a chef friend of mine with a friend who had, um, some digestive issues, whose colon, doctor asked that he start incorporating broth. And so she got in touch. She was like, will you make um, my friend some beef broth? And at that point I'd only made chicken. And I was like, mm, I think so. she's like, well, he'll pay you. So like, okay, great. So I went and got got the bones from the farmer's market from Buy Ranch Direct, where we still source our bones and um, I made a big batch and had some leftover jars. So I put up a post on Facebook on a women's group I'm on, and the post got like 600 likes and a, I got a hundred DMs for orders. And that was really like what I've been making broth ever since then, honestly.
0: So it was kind of like through your own journey of finding something that worked, that you needed to work for you in your life. It in turn... A lot of other people needed the same thing, but you didn't really seek that out. You, you did not essentially start this company by saying, I'm going to create a line of skincare and bone broths, and it's going to revolutionize the wellness world. Um, no. so, and since you didn't seek that out initially, and that just kind of, it started to evolve into that. I'm sure that you had a lot of ups and downs when it came to that point of like, okay, this passion of mine, this side hustle if you will of mine is now turning into a business and you know now i have to start thinking about profitability and sustainability and how to actually like turn this into to a business and hire employees and do all of that can you kind of share what that journey was like because i think that for a lot of those entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast that's kind of where a lot of them will find themselves at times that they're just kind of doing this thing for what you know for for because it's a passion of theirs or because they really needed it for their lives and for their well-being and then before they know it it's kind of turning into this own thing in and of itself and then you're having to kind of figure out how to sustain it
1: yeah um, I love this question. Um, it's coming up a lot for me lately. At this point in the game, I'm I'm meeting and seeing a lot of other pre- entrepreneurs that are starting their businesses much differently, analyzing their cost of goods and figuring out their supply chain and where they're going to order each ingredient and how many quantities of each and really like analyzing the costs and the risks and projections and that's not how we went into this at all. Um, we definitely like learn as we grew um, very quickly and organically and that was a whole um, different way of going about starting a business. Um, it, it's worked for us and um, we've really been lucky with the people that have come across um, our path on the on the way and who have supported us, but um there's a lot more challenges. I think when you grow a business in that way, um, you really get to know your customer. You really get to know your business when you're in the trenches in that sense. Um, uh, but I mean, for us, like when I first started, I was cooking out of my kitchen and just figuring out the legalities of cooking in a home kitchen versus kitchen cooking in a commercial kitchen, and for us, the biggest challenge was the overnight cook time. So we couldn't get into a shared facility because the LA laws are different than California laws for food prep, where you can't have two um, producers producing at the same time. So we couldn't afford to stay in business if we worked out of a shared facility. So getting our numbers up in the first two years of business to the point where we could get our own kitchen was critical for us. Um, what saved us honestly was, um, from the beginning having a long shelf life, we pressure can pressure seal our props so that they're shelf stable, um, six months. And, and that I think has kept us in business. We've had very little spoilage if we had like a week long shelf life growing, this would have been a whole nother, um, project.
0: And how did you figure that out? <laughs> because I think that those are things that you're just, you're not going to know that, you know, when going, no. going a business. So was it trial and error? Was it just kind of taking action and, and doing it and then kind of figuring these things out as you went along? Yeah, all of the above.
1: Definitely asking questions, finding other entrepreneurs that are ahead of you that are willing to help. Um, admitting you don't know is huge. Um, seeking help, asking for help um and and going for it knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect there are risks involved you might not always i mean we we had a 6 month period in the beginning um where we were cooking at a shawarma factory and their staff was cooking the broth in their off hours and in the beginning like there are um things you need to do as a business owner to keep going um And we did all those things in the beginning, but.
0: So you had mentioned kind of figuring out your customer, figuring out who that is and kind of what they needed um, earlier in the conversation. I would love to kind of know how, how were you able to do that? What did you kind of look at to figure out, okay, this is, this is who our ideal customer is. And this is exactly what he or she is needing. And then Mm -hmm. how did that in turn change either your products or your branding or your overall customer experience? Okay, great. Um, our products have
1: not changed much from the beginning, to be honest with you, but we went through several points, um, where we questioned that. And we, um, uh, we have gotten some backlash from customers and from other broth companies about the consistency of our broth, um, It is a lighter broth, and it doesn't taste like your typical broth. It's not as heavy and rich. There's no garlic or onions. Um, It's not as gelatinous um, as other broths on the market. Um, And we thought about adding more bones and changing the consistency of our recipes. But um, what we found is I created this broth because I didn't like broth, and I think a lot of our customers feel the same way. Although our broths are lighter, the intention is consistency over time. The intention is that we design this as a sipping broth that you could enjoy as part of a daily ritual. Some of the heavier broths um, aren't something that I personally wanted to consume on a regular basis because I didn't like the taste. So Mm. what differentiates ours is it is a lighter product designed as a sipping tea. Um, You have the added benefits of the herb in there the herbs in there and it's um it's all about consistency over time and making it part of your ritual and we we learned that our customer also feels the same way that um they might not be into the like bel campo thick meaty bone broth and there's nothing wrong with that both are great and have their place but um we definitely created like our own little niche in this emerging market I think
0: and I would love to kind of talk a little bit about lessons because I know that you mentioned to me um before our conversation that some of the biggest things that you've seen or challenges, if you will, as you've grown your business is finding the right people, you know finding good people, yeah. making sure they're in the right seats. And then you mentioned you know cash flow, which is really kind of sustainability. Can you give us a, some stories or some examples of what you've had to go through um as a woman growing your business and kind of um facing some of those challenges? Um,
1: Yes. Finding good people is the number one most challenging um, part of running a business, in my opinion. Um, Managing people. Every person has their own um, management style and their own way of taking feedback and criticism. Um, And your communication styles are different. Like for me that that's been the biggest challenge. Um, it might come more naturally to other people. I feel like I am a natural leader, but, um, working with my staff has been definitely the most challenging, um, piece of running my business. Um, no one's going to care about it as much as you are. There's things that you're going to see that your staff doesn't see and figuring out a way to like approach them and make them feel good and honored when you're giving that feedback is really important. You want everyone to feel lifted up and on board and excited about what you're doing at the end of the day. Like, um, having gratitude that these people are working for you and, um, Holding that paramount, I think for me has been really important. Um, we've gone through a lot of changes in our staff over the years. Um, but now I'm like really proud to say that um, I would say 80% of our staff has been with us for over two years. Um, we have a lot of like awesome, dedicated, loyal people that are on board, but um, it's definitely been a process to get to that place um, to get everybody on board with like what their responsibilities are, what's expected of them. Um, and just know, and finding a way to, um, let people share their gifts, even just as an example, like our shipping manager is a musician and shipping out packages isn't his ultimate, um, you know, end of the day career goal, but figuring out a way to like keep him creative and engaged in the workplace and also highlight his talents, having him play at our shows or um, our events, things like that, I think is really important. Um, We have like a very family style uh, culture at OWL. Um, We have a husband and wife and son team at our kitchen um, and all the girls that work on our marketing team and in our store, we're all um friends we hang out outside of work too so um yeah that's a touch on the staffing piece and then cash flow um you know i think that's just any business um our biggest challenge has been that we're always growing so quickly that we run into cash flow um with our wholesale um schedule like payment schedule being 60 days out and what that means is just like from the time that we produce until the time that we get paid you know that can be up to 60 days so we get caught in that loop and we just um started our first round of fundraising so we've been in business uh, about four years now and it's been self-funded up to this point Um, but now that we have the shop and we're looking to do some bigger things moving into 2020, we're starting to look for outside help in that department.
0: That's awesome. Congrats on that. And I love that you touched on the company culture because I think that that's a lot of times when growing a business, that is one thing that you, you know, it's just there's so much to do and so much to think about that a lot of times I can kind of go on the wayside or you just don't know what you don't know. And so you have to really, you have to be so in- intentional about creating that. And I love the examples that you gave about how, um, you try to do that as a company, um, and really the gratitude piece, which, um, goes kind of into my next question. Um, do you have any kind of morning practice or daily practice that you do to keep your gratitude in check and to keep your intention and your focus to be able to really balance it all the best that you can and continue to grow and scale?
1: yeah um my morning practice I wake up, open the door for the dogs to go out and put on some lemon water, and I usually do like a five to ten minute meditation gratitude practice, and I take the dogs for a walk um, in the morning i do like I, I do five thousand steps in the morning, five thousand steps in the evening with the dogs, and I really like take that time. To clear my head and hop on the phone with a friend or a family member. Um, yeah, I have a daily movement practice as well. I do Pilates or yoga. Um, yeah, I guess on top of the walking. Um,
0: That's pretty impressive. 5,000 steps. It's not easy. You definitely have to have that intention.
1: 10,000 a day. I figure if I don't make it to the gym, um, if I'm at least like Mm -hmm. getting the walk-in and getting the walk-in with the dogs, they won't go crazy. I won't go crazy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, um, what, what were you doing before bone broth became your, your thing? What was your background? Um, and, and how did that serve you in terms of your business? um my
1: background's actually in marketing and i was also um private chefing so i was doing graphic design web design photography um as well as private chefing um i've continued to do that throughout different points of growth for the business to um self fund it um for the first 2 years i was cooking a lot even um last year the third year um working with private clients um and yeah, my, my background in marketing e-commerce specifically with startups has definitely um, been critical in being able to grow OWL, being able to build our own website and send out our email marketing campaigns and get the social media going. Having the background um, and skill set in that has saved us a lot of money, obviously, and, and helped to drive sales and grow the business.
0: Amazing. So, what's next for Al? Um, what What's kind of the 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 new decade plan that you're going to be rolling out? Is there new products? Is there new brick and mortars? Um, what should we yeah. expect to see?
1: We just opened our first brick and mortar on Abbott Kinney this summer. Um, we signed the lease in March, and we officially opened in July. Um, So we've started curating a lot of amazing events at the space and workshops. Um, We're also doing some home goods at the store, um, and they'll be available online soon. So we have 100% non-GMO soy candles by Flores Lane and Apothen. We have um, some beautiful ceramics by Born on Sunset Ceramics, um, macrame by Esme Designs, And then we're also doing some custom collabs on um, some meditation pillows, bolsters, and toiletry travel bags. Um, We have dried herbs at the shop. So in the next month or so, all that stuff's going to start going up online. So um, our friends outside of LA can shop with us on all that stuff too. But yeah, definitely expect more. More new products coming into 2020. Um and um more more collaborations and events with amazing um local people like yourself.
0: I know it's gonna be really fun. I know that's been a long time coming. And yeah, I've been a fan of Owl pretty much all year. Um, and not only do I love the broths, but I love the milkshakes. The matcha one is my absolute favorite. It's so good. Um, <laughs> and I would love to know, um, what does influence mean to you?
1: Influence. Um, to me, um, influence is almost like being able to make an impression, being able to switch, like um, set an example, be a role model, um, a leader for other people to look up to. I
0: love that well where can everyone find Al and you online on social media and all of the good places
1: yeah you can find us online at owlvenice.com you can find us on instagram at owlvenice and you can find us on Abbott Kinney at 1613 Abbott Kinney next to Acutonics.
0: amazing well thank you again so much Lindsay for coming on and just really being an inspiration for myself and for all those listening that whenever they feel as if they don't know enough to be doing what they're doing, or, you know, it, they don't have the right people in the right seats or can't afford to hire help or whatever it may be that as long as you just keep moving and keep being willing to figure it out, you can. So I appreciate That is
1: so true. <laughs> yes. so
0: true. I, I appreciate you being the inspiration in that today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.